Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. I want to bring y'all a word um, that God has impressed upon my heart. And so um, if y'all would, turn to 1 Corinthians 3. Tonight I'm going to be talking about forget the fad and leave a legacy. Forget the fad and leave a legacy. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, and we'll start in verse 10. But before we get there, I love and hate fads a lot because some of them are really cool for a really long time, and some of them are really cool only for a short time. And so if you haven't gotten the memo and you're still in that fad, people look at you crazy. They just look at you like, oh, man, come on. And let me, uh, let me date some of you guys. Uh, I'm actually going to show you all a couple of fads. And we're going to start... We're going to start kind of, you know, way back when in like the 1970s-ish. Uh, Michael, you got those? What about the leisure suit? Leisure, leisure suits. <laughs> uh, um, earth shoes or um, I don't know if any of y'all had those. And uh, parachute pants. Come on now. Got some parachute pants. Uh, pet rock. How many of y'all had a pet rock? Yeah, uh, Polly Pockets. This was this was from my era. I had like five, ten of them at all times. Uh, fanny packs. Those were pretty cool. Uh, the WWJD bracelet. That's right. Yeah, uh, Beanie Babies. I remember having like ten of them on my elementary school desk. Uh, the bowl cut. And y'all don't have to admit that you ever had one. All right. Furbies, those things, my sister had one, and we shared a room, and it would keep us up at night, and it was awful. Brats, how many of y'all had brats? No? Oh, everybody hated those. Silly bands, the multi-million dollar industry of stretchable plastic worn on your arm. And Rebecca Black. (laughs) You see... Somebody thought these things were so cool at the time. Somebody actually thought parachute pants were fashionable. I don't know who it was, but somebody thought that. Um, But now we actually throw 80s parties and make fun of them. And it's because they're in for a season and they're out really fast. And some of us are living our lives to be in for a moment. And then be forgotten once we're gone. That you're just so cool while you're here, but you leave nothing to show for it. Nothing to show for this short span of time that you are here on this earth. And tonight I want to talk about forgetting the fad and leaving a legacy here. 1 Corinthians 3.10, let's start there. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation as an expert builder Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. 
But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. Tonight I want to talk to you about a life of legacy that is built upon Jesus. A life of legacy that is driven by eternity. And a life of legacy that is not tempted by the temporary. God, I thank you so much for this short time that I have to communicate your word. And God, I thank you that as I, I speak, that this word's going to fall on good soil. God, that uh, I just ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of knowing you. God, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of our calling. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. A life of legacy is built upon Jesus. Now, I um, am not crafty, and I, um, I'm not, I don't know how to build stuff. Um, if you ever knew my father, uh, you'd know that he doesn't work outside, and he never got us to work outside either. So um, I think on the ASVAB, I scored a negative 50 on mechanics. I, <laughs> I just, I don't know anything about it, but... I, um, I, heard, I heard someone talking about foundations. My sister is a real estate agent. Actually, she's a broker. And so she knows a thing or two about the foundations of a house. And you see, the foundation is the most important part of a house. Because if the foundation isn't right, the house is going to fall apart. You're going to have cracks in the sheetrock. Um, it's going it's to settle and you can't close doors. So it's a very important part of, of a house. But uh, come to find out, I was reading up on it. And there's only one way, if you want your foundation to last, there's only one way to do it. And you have to actually lay the entire foundation all at once. You can't do half of it and then do half the next day. Uh, you, can't, you can't mix it up with, with any other kind of material to be the foundation. It has to be one um, it has to be one consistency at one time because otherwise what's going to happen is it's going to form something called a cold joint. And um, some of you guys know what I'm talking about to where um, it, it, it doesn't actually, it's not cohesive. And so what can seep in there is moisture. And um, then it just, once that comes in, it just begins to crack. And then you have foundation problems. And you see, there's only one way to build your life. And that is upon the rock of Jesus Christ. There is no mixture. You can't just have some of my way, some of God's way. You can't just have some of your opinion and some of God's opinion. It has to be laid all at once, and it can only be Jesus. Because he is the rock of our salvation, Psalm 62 says. He's the rock of our salvation. He's the person that we stand upon. He's the person that we build our entire life on. It can't be anybody else but Jesus. It can't. You know... In the Sahara Desert, it is very hard to live there. And actually, they have had thousands of people die because they, can, they go in there and they can't come out. And because they don't know how to build a map. And until recent times, they didn't know how to build a map to it. So you had to be really familiar with it to get through. Well, that's because there's no landmarks in the Sahara. Why? Because everything is made out of sand dunes. You have a 180-foot sand dune that's there one day, and then the next day it's completely gone. Because sand is susceptible to its environment. Anywhere it goes, that's what just where it, where it lands. It's completely susceptible to it. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking, and he says, Whoever hears my word and does it 
is like a man who builds his house upon the rock. The rains come, the floods come, the winds blow, but at the end of the storm, the house is still there. But those who do not hear my word, or do not, hears my word and does not do it, is like a man who builds his house on the sand. So that the rains come, the winds blow, the floods come, and the house is utterly destroyed. And great is its fall. Great is its fall. You see, he's the only person we can trust because he's the only one who won't bend to circumstance. He's the only one who is strong enough to endure. The only one. So then, if he is unshakable, then we can trust him and stand on him, and then we become unshakable. We absolutely become unshakable. I remember being in uh, Brazil one time, and I, uh, I just had this crazy thing happen in my life. And I read Psalm 62 talking about he's the rock of our salvation. And if we stand on him, we are unshakable. And I remember saying, God, I want to be unshakable. I want that to be me. I want, I want when stuff happens to me, I'm not swaying by anything. And he says, then you stand on me. That's my job. My job is to be the rock of your salvation. That's my job. You see, Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, to stand. I, um, a couple of Wednesdays ago, I was actually playing with um, Kat's son, Jude. And um, Jude is relentless. If you've ever played with him, he's absolutely relentless. And what he started doing was he was a ninja that night. He was a ninja. And he would come at me going, aha, like that. And I was like, oh, dude, bring it on. Totally. And so he just started sprinting at me as if he could take me down. Just started running at me. And so what I would do is I would just pick him up, and then I would just throw him back on the floor. Well, what would he do? If he was thrown on the floor, he would just jump up and go, aha. And he would come at me again. I mean, time after time after time, I'm throwing him over my shoulder. I'm tickling him and just throwing him back down. And sooner than, sooner than later, I actually was so tired up, I was winding up on the floor because this kid was just wearing me out completely. And so I'm here on the floor, and every time he goes, every time. Why? Because he knows the secret. Because if you're still standing, you're still winning. If you are still standing, you are still winning. I love what Pastor Eric says, that trouble has one weakness. It's temporary. When we stand on Jesus Christ, we're winning. Keep standing. He's the only one we can stand on because he is the rock of our salvation. A life of legacy is built upon Jesus. And then a life of legacy is built for eternity. Now, a lot of you um, adults would more, um, I guess, relate to this. But um, it seems that everybody lives for vacation. Everybody, you plan it ahead of time. You, you have the, you know, those two weeks just marked out what, what you're going to do, where you're going to go. But you work 50 days a week for two weeks of vacation, 
right? And how, however hard you work for that, for in that 50 weeks, determine how good your vacation is going to be. If you put in a couple extra hours, you can stay in a nicer hotel. Or if you um, do a couple of extra jobs, maybe you can actually go farther in where you want to go rather than just go to grandma's house for, you know, vacation. Like we always did. <laughs> um, no, we, we took some nice vacations when I was a kid. But you work for vacation. You work more than you vacation. But it's like, it's the prime. Vacation is the prime. Now, a lot of you are working now, and you are actually working for retirement. You have 401ks and, and everything. It, because retirement is like the premium time of life where you can just do whatever you want. You have all this money, and you worked all this time, so you can go golf every day. Right? Well, you see... How you live on earth is how you are going to enjoy eternity. You put in the work now to enjoy your eternity. This is, this is, this is what we are taught because we have a lifespan here. For in in um, verse 14, it says that if what we, what we build upon Jesus, if that endures, we get a reward. We get a reward. We're actually investing in eternity. What you're doing now is an investment for what you're going to have. Now, some of y'all do investments, and you put money into, like, you know, a CD, a money market, something like that. And so you put it in to get back. And it might take some time. You might have to wait for the economic um, crisis to be over. Because some of y'all might be losing money right now. But if you wait long enough, it's going to come back bigger. Because what you put in is, is lower than what you're actually going to get out of it. That is an investment. Because you're investing now for eternity. So we can't wrap our minds around it all the time. But, but eternity is forever. And we only have this short amount of time to work, to invest into it. That's all we get. So then, okay, what do we invest in? Anytime I ask or I think about what, it, what the scripture is talking about and how to really live rightly, I always just have to look at Jesus because Christian means little Christ. This is what, this is what we're supposed to be. This is who, who we're supposed to model our lives after. And, and what I saw Jesus do is, is he came down, and he didn't actually go right into a palace. He, he went, and he was just the average Joe for 30 years. And being the average Joe, once he came into his ministry, he still hung out with the average Joe. And, and he would talk to people and minister to people. He wasn't accumulating wealth when he was here. Not that wealth is bad, but Jesus didn't do that. Um, it's not that he wasn't provided for. It's not like he, you know, Judas was his treasurer. So you have to have money to have a treasurer. And so um, you, you, it's not like he didn't have money. No, he just wasn't, that wasn't the main point of why he was here. He wasn't here to establish his throne forever and completely um, kick the Roman Empire's tail. That is not why he was here. Uh, even though a lot of people thought that's why he was here. But if you look, he was on the road and he saw Zacchaeus in the tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to spend time at your house today. And he would go, even to the Pharisee's house. 
And, and he would go and he would spend time with people. See, the greatest investment and the only eternal investment is people. It's people. So what do we invest? Well, everybody has these three things. Time, talent, and treasure. Everybody has those things. Now, I love uh, the History Channel, and I love Pawn Stars. That's Pawn, P-A-W-N. All right, Pawn Stars. I love these guys, and because um, I used to watch America's Roadshow or Antiques Roadshow when I was a kid, and I don't know why I loved it, but there was just something about, like, how much is it worth? How much is it worth? How much is it worth? You know, and so then I'd go around searching for antiques in my house, hoping to sell them, you know, on TV or something. Well, so these guys, they get all kinds of stuff. They get posters of bands. They, um, they get ancient relics, or so people try to sell them. Um, they get motorcycles and boats, and all this stuff is going into their pawn shop, right? Well, some people just try to just, you know, give something ordinary just because it's old. They love just, but, it, but it's old. But it's a water pail. Water pails are no value, my friend. I'm sorry. It is a rusted piece of metal. And they try to, you know, oh, but look how cool it is. Well, no. It's, it's just a water pail. But if that water pail belonged to George Washington Carver, and it was his pail that he would water all of his peanut plants with, and it was the only pail he would ever use, and you have documentation of this, then it's worth hundreds. This little pail that was really worth nothing is now worth hundreds of dollars. Why? Because it has a story attached to it. There's a story that makes that valuable. You see, anybody can just be old. Anybody can do it. Anybody, can, uh, anybody can, can be of a certain age. But your value is in your story. Your value is in what you can share. Take time with people. You young people, you're like, well, but I'm, I'm just 13. Go, go, go play with a kid. Go volunteer in kids' church. You, you young adults, take some youth out. How about you, you married couples? Go, go and mentor some young adults. You older seniors, go, go mentor some kind of older adults. <laughs> Spend time with them. My, my, favorite, my favorite time at any Christmas break is, is when I get to spend time with my Granny Billy. Now, my Granny Billy, Brandon's met my Granny Billy. She's a character. Um, she um, has been single all of her life, and she is 80-something. I don't even remember. She's old, all right? But she has all of these stories that she tells, and it's just so, so interesting. And um, even one of my friends, Bonnie Gibson, she wants to write a book about her because just of her stories, Go spend time with people because those stories and that experience is valuable. All of us have it. We need to share it. So we have time. And then also we have talent. Now, one of, um, I'm a photographer, and there's a photographer that is my hero. His name is David Deschumin, and um, he's uh, French. He's from Canada. And 20, 
years ago, you could have not, you could have told uh, David, David, you're going to be a photographer. And he would have said, you're crazy. But he loved photography, but he never thought he could really make a living in it. And so he actually wound up, um, he went from being a convenience store clerk to going actually into seminary, which is a Bible school. And then after Bible school, I don't know what possessed him to do this. He became a comedian. And he just went around just being a comedian. Um, Bible school students are very funny. Uh, (laughs) I can attest to that. They have amazing stories. But so he became a comedian. And then he still had that burning desire to become a photographer. And, And he just, I don't know why, I just, I have to do it. So he gave up his career and went no holds bar, and he just went into photography. And now he is one of the most well-respected humanitarian photographies around. He uh, works for National Geographic, and um, I, I don't know how many of y'all have heard of World Vision, but World Vision are those kids' pictures who you go to, like, a Casting Crowns concert, and, like, they're on, like, every chair because they're um, these underprivileged kids in all of these third-world countries who need some support. They need to go through school. And this guy is using his talent to change their world. Not everybody's called to be a preacher. Not everybody's called to be an evangelist, prophet, pastor. But you have talent to be used in the kingdom of God. You have it. Whatever it is. My dad is a a wonderful accountant. He's a tax accountant. And he's gotten a lot of nonprofits out of really big trouble because they just haven't managed it well. And and he uses his talent of accounting for the kingdom of God. All of us have it. We have time, talent, and we have treasure. We have treasure. Um, There was a graduate of Christ for the Nations, Gary, no, I'm sorry, Jerry Gallegos. And um, Jerry went to school in the 90s. And he went into ministry, but he had actually come back a millionaire. Not because of anything he did. His rich granddad died and left him millions in cattle. This guy, he, he was actually, he's unmarried. He drives a PT cruiser around campus. This guy has a weekend home in Dallas. This is, this is Jerry. And he would always walk around with all of this jewelry and, and all this stuff. And he would buy the entire school of worship breakfast for a day. Like, this guy was amazing. But what he would do is he would go to the finance office. He went there so many times. They were on this first name basis. Hey, Jenny, how you doing? That's how he talked. And so he would say, whose school bill is behind? And he would go and spend and just pay off students' school bills, thousands upon thousands of dollars, funding their education at Christ for the Nations. Completely just covering people's school bills. And so then these students would walk up to say, okay, I only have this much money, and the, and the lady would go, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. Somebody already just paid off the rest of your semester. Just completely just, here you go. Now, it doesn't matter the amount of treasure that you have. It just matters that you give. Somebody needs it. Somebody needs it. And as you're moved by the Holy Spirit, give. Give. 
give, give, give. Invest. Invest in people. So we have time, talent, and treasure. And this, these are the things we invest in people to build our lives for eternity. These are the things that are gold, silver, building your life that's going to stand the test of time. Because I don't know about you, but when I enter a situation, I always have to, um, I always have to gauge, is this really going to matter in a week? Is this really going to matter in a week? Is this argument that I have really, really that big of a deal? Because when you look in, the, in a larger span of time, it gives you perspective. Some of you need to start looking in your lives and saying, what am I investing in that isn't actually building the kingdom of God? What are the things that I, I look at and are so important? Being popular is so important. Having that one specific car, not, not that having a car is bad, but you are just setting your mind on it and nothing else matters. Is that, is that really what you're investing in? Or are you investing in something that's going to last? That's a good work. That's building the kingdom of God. A life of legacy is built for eternity. And then a life of legacy is not tempted by the temporary. Now, back in, I believe it was October, there was a wedding beyond all weddings that took place. I'm not talking about the royal wedding. I'm talking about the Kardashian wedding. This major event, more people watched the Kardashian wedding than the royal wedding, believe it or not. Um, and it was, it was just grand affair that happened, right? Let me just give you some specs. There were three custom-made gowns for this wedding, three of them. One she actually wore to the ceremony, two for the reception, Three, wet, three wedding gowns. This entire event was catered by celebrity chef Wolfgang Puck. The lavish estate in California was reportedly owned by the Google executive Eric Schmidt. This is where they had this wedding. But as all of us know, that didn't last very long. And that, what was it, 80-something days later? Thank you. 70-something, all right. 70-something days later, they filed for divorce. And it just became an outrage. It became the butt of everybody's jokes. And on Twitter, people had some fun. There was a hashtag. It's kind of like a, um, for those of you who don't have Twitter, it's kind of like a title to or a subject for each tweet that goes out. And it was subject that said, Kim K's marriage was shorter than... Kim K's marriage was shorter than the Apollo 13 mission to the moon. It was shorter than MySpace's active list. It was shorter than a middle schooler's relationship. And it was shorter than Rebecca Black's singing career. It, was, it, was, it made a mockery of, of the institution of marriage. And anybody who actually wanted to be associated, because it's a big deal. The Kardashians are a big deal. But anybody who was a part of this, as a, um, as a vendor, didn't actually want to be associated with this wedding anymore because then their name would be branded as a short-term relationship. So that they're not going to hire Wolfgang Puck to do their wedding. 
because it's kind of a superstition that, well, if he did the Kardashian wedding, well, I don't want him to do my wedding because I want my wedding to last forever. It, um, it was actually shorter than what David's bridal had enough time to make replicas of her wedding dresses. And if they even did have time to make replicas of their wedding dresses, nobody would buy it because it's associated with divorce. You see, Kim Kardashian, she wanted the show. She wanted a wedding. And she put so much work and effort to this with nothing to show for it because she wanted the wedding more than the marriage. She wanted the wedding more than the marriage. Stop trading eternity for convenience and momentary satisfaction. Stop trading your eternity and the kingdom of God for just small pleasures that really won't ever mean a thing. Stop vegging out in front of the TV and go play with your kids. Stop worrying about your popularity and what people are going to say about you and go share the gospel with somebody. Stop being afraid of that one thing that God told you to do and you know it, waiting for another confirmation it for it to be written in the sky. Don't wait. Don't be tempted just by your comfort. Something that I want to I go back to Something that, that David, that photographer I was talking about, he said, he said, vision is what makes great, a great photographer, but also it makes great lives. It's all the virtues at once. The hope to see a different future. The faith to reach for it. And the love to keep going. Even when it just seems like working at a local convenience store would be the path of least resistance. If not also the path of least reward. It's the path of least resistance is also the path of least reward. There was a guy by the name of John Williams who lived in Portales, New Mexico during the Great Depression. He had four kids and he worked out of his barn. And one day, one morning, he went into his barn. It was, a, it was any other day. And all of a sudden, this light filled the barn. And as he tells it, Jesus was standing right there in front of him. What amazing, what an amazing, amazing encounter. And he heard the voice say, John, I want you to stop what you're doing and go preach the gospel for me. I want you to travel and go preach the gospel. And that's, that's, all, that's all the voice said. Well, once the, the light disappeared from the barn and he had a moment to compose himself, he ran back in to the house to his wife and said, Marge, Marge, you would never believe what happened to me. I was just standing in the barn and, and, and Jesus appeared to me and he wants me to go and he wants me to preach the gospel. He wants me to go and travel and, and, and I want to do that. I want to just be used of God. And Marge looked at him in almost disgust and said, what? What are you talking about? Leave your work. Have you not been around? We're in the Great Depression. 
There's no ministry or there's no money in ministry. How could you do this? How could you do this to your four kids? Go back out to that barn and just keep working. And so he did. Day in, day out, year after year, John kept working. And finally, he couldn't live with himself. Finally, he, he took to drinking. Night after night, just in bars, trying to forget everything. Turning his back on Jesus' call. Coming home angry, wasted to his kids. This was the legacy he was leaving. Raising four kids. Well, they found out he had cancer. And it was terminal. And he was in the hospital. And as he was there, he was talking to his daughter, Johnny May. Because he had never told anybody else that experience except, except his wife. And he told his daughter, Johnny May, Jesus appeared to me. I turned my back on him. Don't you do the same. Please don't do the same. And in his last breath, he was trying to get his daughter to turn to Jesus. Well, they, they went to his funeral, held it, and some of his drinking buddies came, and they actually told Johnny May, your father was the best preacher we ever heard. And he would, he would preach at the bars, drunk as a skunk, but he was preaching. And this didn't lead her to God, made her more angry. She married a, married a man who was just like her father, who would drink, just be enraged all the time, but never, never changing. And it wasn't until May, Johnny May's daughter, Pat, came along. She married a man, and together they found Jesus. And they took Jesus and made him their whole world. They lived by his principles. They, they laid the, their foundation on Jesus. And they began to pray for their family. And it was through Pat that that entire family got saved. The entire family turned to God. She made, she made Jesus her foundation. And then Pat had kids. She had four of them too. And she spent her years. She didn't work. No, she wanted to be a, a stay-at-home mom. And so she spent her time investing into her kids. She would see talents in them, and she would buy them guitars. She would buy them drums. She would buy them cars to take them places. They, she put them through private school. She did what it take. And it's not like it was easy. It would be a lot easier to use that money for something else. But no, she invested it into her children. She completely invested it. She wasn't, she didn't, she wasn't looking for what was right now. She was looking for, for, out for them, for her children and her grandchildren. She invested into the future. And I stand here today as a recipient of that. You see, my great-grandpa John, he left the wrong legacy. My grandma Johnny, she's still creating another one. She, she teaches in prisons now, and, and they're saved living for the Lord. But it was my mother 
who, made, who put me on the path to where I am today. And I stand here, Jonna, carrying on the legacy of what Jesus spoke over my family. Some of you look at me and you say, well, I wish my kids would be like you. Some of you look at me and say, well, I wish my life was like you. It didn't happen on accident. It happened because somebody invested time into me. It happened because I consciously made the decisions that I spoke about here tonight, about building my life on Jesus, about living for eternity, and about not being tempted by the temporary. I want to make an appeal to you today. Every single person in this room, you are affecting somebody. No matter who it is, it might be somebody at your job, it might be somebody at your school, it might be your home, it might be your distant relatives. Everybody has influence. Everybody here. Use it for good. Build the kingdom of God. And you're going to see your world changed forever. Forever, forever. God, I thank you for your people here. God, I thank you for the chance to partner with you. God, I know and I declare that these people, they're not going to just walk out of here and this word's going to fall to the ground, but God, it's going to take root and it's going to grow. And I want to speak to people who think it's too late to change. I want to tell you it's not too late to change. It's not too late. Make the decision. I want to just take a second and everybody evaluate their life and where they are. Evaluate your investments. Evaluate what's driving those investments. And just repent. Just say, God, I'm just changing my mind. I want to invest what you want me to invest into. I want to build my life for you and upon you. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're leading us into all truth. And God, I bless them with peace. And I thank you that they're going to go out of here and build your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.